gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're prepared to go against the spread once again on this NFL and college football card with a great weekend on store in both college and NFL football matchups this weekend. And, Victor, it was quite a week last week in the world of college football, if you will. There were quite a few firings and a whole lot to talk about in college football on the show. Not to mention the fact that uh, you continued your hot run in October, Rama, Mark, uh Mark won't mention it, but he went a perfect 4-0 in college football on Sunday, 1-0 in the NFL on, uh, excuse me, on Saturday, and 1-0 in the NFL on Sunday with the Philadelphia Eagles. October Rama has started with 9-1, and and there's still three more weekends to get on board for that October Rama package. Yeah, it's amazing. We got a five-week month in the month of October, and it's been very, very good for all of our October Rama subscribers thus far, as you mentioned, Victor. 9-1, a great start to the month of October. We'll see if we can keep it going this weekend. A lot of college football coaches will not keep it going this weekend. As, as I mentioned at the onset, quite a few firings last week. We knew it was coming. It was inevitable. There's always talk about hot seats in the world of college football. And a few of the pink slips were issued last week. Amongst them, Dan McCarney at North Texas, Randy Edsel at Maryland, Steve Sarkeesian at Southern Cal, and Victor, I'm sure there's a whole lot more to come down the road. There certainly is, and not to mention we had a coach who resigned on Monday, and that would be Steve Spurrier from South Carolina. The timing of it, a little bit perplexing, uh, if you ask me. You know, this was a guy that uh, was famous for his smart aleck remarks, his uh, running up to score touchdowns. He's a coach that opposing fans both feared and, and loathed. And I do think the sport of college football will be a little bit of a poorer place without him. But uh, I think the uh, golf courses of the South are going to be that much more lively. <laughs> Yeah, they sure will. I know Steve Spurrier kind of like looking forward to retirement and being the competitor that he is, he I think he just felt that uh, not only was he not as knee deep and involved in the football program as he liked to be or had been in the past, he just simply felt it was time to retire. But as you mentioned, Victor, a little bit perplexing given the fact that he does it at midseason here, almost in a sense bailing out on the South Carolina football team, but a legend there's no question about that from his playing career to his coaching career. Steve Spurrier, an all-time great when you talk about football down south. He'll be missed. And what about Southern Cal, Victor? Talking about Steve Sarkeesian, kind of an ugly situation evolving there uh, with his firing. First, a suspension. Now, it led immediately to a firing, and there's all kinds of talk. I don't know if you've heard yet about what odds are and who, what coach will replace him at Southern Cal. It's obviously a prestigious job, but a tumultuous job because we've seen a lot of coaches that coaching door continues to revolve at Southern Cal. Your take, Victor, on the Steve Sarkeesian situation. You know, looking back on it, it, it probably was a bad hire by Pat Hayden to begin with. I don't know if he was really qualified there at USC, but uh, we do have a list of uh, candidates to replace him in the permanent position there. Number one at seven to two odds is Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. Uh, the irony is that uh, these two teams will be playing each other very, very uh, uh, shortly, USC versus Utah next week. 
Your number two is actually an NFL coach, Chip Kelly. Could he potentially return to the Pac-12? Chip Kelly of the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-1 to one odds to become the new head coach for the Trojans. Next up at number three is Brian Harrison, the coach of Boise State in the top 25, of course. Next up, we got a coach who's overachieved for the 5-0 uh, Houston Cougars. And that would be Tom Herman with a 5-0 record. And he comes in in fourth place at 7-1 to one odds. And then finally, a um, another team from the AAC Conference who's doing very well this year and is poised to uh, crash the party and get into the top 25 would be Justin Fuente from the Memphis Tigers at 5-0 and this season. Yeah, Justin Fuente, Tom Herman, a couple of unknown, under-the-radar type coaches, but you know they're going to end up settling at big programs, and I guess the talk now starts about Southern Cal. And I also know, Victor, that Brian Kelly, the head coach at Notre Dame, has also been thrown mm-hmm. in amongst the mix there. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think that looking back, Pat Hayden probably wonders if he made a mistake in not hiring Ed Ogeron last year, who did a great job uh, with that football program, keeping that program intact, if you will. Uh, And, you know, obviously that was met with a lot of displeasure when he wasn't hired as the coach. But it seems like these big programs want to hire these big-name coaches. And, you know, with the big-name coaches come big-time failures. And with big-time failures come new coaches. So that's an ongoing cycle that just keeps repeating itself over and over again. And with that, I'm kind of in the pack that likes to see the Justin Fuentes and the Tom Hermans make their mark in the world of college football as opposed to recycling some of these older football coaches. And talk about recycling, Victor. Uh, Over in the college football top 25 poll, and I I mentioned this in the show last week, I participate in a uh, college football analytics top 25 poll. That's a poll amongst people in the media and professional handicappers. You can view that at cfbmatrix.com. And once again, my top-ranked team in the poll has been the Baylor Bears, and they'll stay there until they fail to put up 60 points in a football game, which seems kind of like almost impossible. They're just a a headstrong, wide-open offensive football team. But, Victor, you mentioned there's been a couple of shakeups inside the top 25 polls this week as well. There is. And before I touch on it, Mark, since you did mention Ed Orgeron, he is on the short list at uh, South Carolina as well. He's currently in the top five in the South Carolina odds, a list that includes um, Alabama defensive coordinator Kirby Smart. Uh, of course, the interim head coach there for the Gamecocks, uh, Sean Elliott. Again, we mentioned um, uh, uh, Justin Fuente of Memphis, also on the South Carolina short list. And then, of course, uh, LSU uh, defensive line coach Ed Orgeron. As far as the top 25 rankings, we had a couple teams drop out of the top 25 of the AP poll, and that would be based on losses last week. USC out and Georgia out. The two new teams who enter the poll are the Houston Cougars at 5-0, and the Duke Blue Devils from the ACC Conference. Those two teams at number 24 and number 25, respectively. Duke, of course, with that uh, killer defense in the ACC. And then uh, we got a couple teams lurking right on the outside. And then, as I mentioned earlier, getting ready to crash the party. Two more teams from the AAC conference, and that would be the Temple Owls and the Memphis Tigers. Well, it's a nice overview there, Victor, because of the teams you mentioned in my top 25 poll at CFB Analytics. I have had the Houston Cougars in my poll since the onset mm-hmm. three weeks ago, and I also included this week uh, also – the Temple Owls, if for no other reason, just the fact that they've gotten out undefeated and are off to a great start. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, 
some other football teams, the Duke Blue Devils, probably deservingly so. One more win will probably get them there. But it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I do know this in the tally of the USA Today coaches poll. We find five teams from the Southeast Conference, also five from the Big Ten Conference. The Southeast Conference slipped a little bit with Georgia falling out. The Big 12, the Pac-12 each have four, and the ACC with three amongst the top 25 teams in the coaches poll in the USA Today. I'm talking with Victor King from King Creole Sports, a little bit of a review on what happened last week in the world of college and NFL football. And Victor, moving over to the National Football League side of things, I know it was quite a week last week for the road teams in the National Football League. And usually when it's road teams, it means dogs. How did it all shake out last week? Absolutely. The road teams uh, had their best week of the season by far, 10-3-1 ATS for NFL road teams. And, of course, that began on uh, Thursday night with, of course, the Indianapolis Colts winning on the road against uh, Houston. And it uh, followed up on Monday night. We had, of course, bookend road team outright winners with the Pittsburgh Steelers scoring on the very last play of the game in that thrilling Monday night finish. Uh, again, a great week for the road teams in the NFL, 10-3-1 ATS overall. The best spot this year for road teams has been road teams coming in off back-to-back straight-up wins. These teams have gone 9-1 ATS this season, and there are six of those teams going this week. We'll let you figure out who those six teams are. And the worst ATS situation of the season this year, Mark, has been teams who allowed 35 or more points in their last game. These teams have gone 4-10 ATS. And there are three such teams going this week as well. But, yes, a very good week in terms of the road teams. Uh, In the um, world of over-unders, it was pretty much a break-even week last week. Seven overs, seven unders. The average uh, points scored in the NFL last week, 46.3. And over-unders are pretty much uh, split right down the middle for the season at 39, 37, and one overs versus unders. Victor, speaking about overs and unders, uh, I want to congratulate you on the totals tip sheet and the great start that you've gotten out to this year. Four out of five winning weeks. Best bets now 11-4 and in the football season. Just a quick little review, if you would, for our listeners out there before we get to the totals aspect of the football card later in the show about the totals tip sheet. Well, the uh, each week's new issue, we put it out uh, Tuesday afternoons. It's already up on the Playbook.com website. You can get it at also PlaybookSuperstore.com. Uh, three over-under best bets this week, two overs, and one game under. And, in fact, we're going to be talking about one of those games in our NFL segment today. I'm looking forward to talking about that game. Victor King from King Creole Sports. He does the NFL totals tip sheet, doing a terrific job once again this season. Victor also authors the Fab Five, from the Lab Five, I should say, from Victor King's DraftKings segment. He puts together five fantasy football teams each week. You can read those articles on the playbook.com website every Sunday, just in time for the NFL football games. In fact, it's published on the site on Thursdays, but featured on the homepage on Sundays. Victor, how did the world of fantasy football shake out last week? I know there had to be a couple of upsets in the making. A couple of upstar quarterbacks had pretty good weeks. Definitely. If you were astute enough to play Josh McNown in any of your lineups, uh, you probably cashed a pretty big paycheck. He had 38.5 points. His salary was only $5,000 last week. I wouldn't advise this week. However, not going against the number one defense uh, in the entire football world in the Denver Broncos. 
But uh, another team that if you stacked up last week, you probably did pretty good. And this was one of our five lineups in the Fab Five. It was our Jacksonville Jaguars stack. Mark, this is one of those situations where we took our handicapping knowledge, we applied it to the DFS world, and we looked pretty good both ways. And we mentioned it in last week's totals tip sheet. I was a big, big fan of the Jacksonville-Tampa Bay game over the total last week. Now, not a lot of people were. It was the lowest over-under line of the week, 41.5 points. But it was the highest-scoring game of the week. Both teams have combined for 69 points. I did a lot of database digging. It was one of those contrarian plays. And based on the fact that I thought that that would be a high-scoring game, it made sense to then... Uh, stack the road team's quarterback and some of their wide receivers. In this case, it was a stack that we recommended that included Blake Bortles, a quarterback. It included Hearns at the wide receiver position. It included Allen Robinson at the wide receiver position. If you stack those three players together, chances are you did very, very well in your tournament. You won some money. Uh, even my brother, he included uh, TJ Eldon the Jacksonville Jaguars running back, and he actually played a four-man stack. I wouldn't normally advise that. I usually do not like stacking a quarterback and a running back from the same team uh, unless that running back is so integral to the passing game that he makes a solid contribution. Uh, case in point, a guy like Matt Forte, who catches a lot of passes for Chicago and is a decent stack with Jay Cutler, or a guy like Jamar Charles, who is so integral to the Chiefs passing game, uh, who, which would have made a great stack with, uh, with Alex Smith. Now, that's not going to be the case anymore, unfortunately, for Jamal Charles, who's out for the year with an ACL injury. But I usually don't like stacking a running back and a quarterback. But in this case, hey, my brother, he won money in his tournaments. We did good in our tournaments in which we stacked the Jacksonville quarterback with the two wide receivers as well. Uh, our lesson learned is this. In these large tournaments, tournaments of over a thousand players in which we want to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack, you've got to get away from the high-priced quarterbacks for two reasons. Number one, they cost a lot of money. The Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Andrew Lux of the world are going to be highly owned in any tournament, whether it's a cash game, a 50-50 game, or a GPP, a guaranteed prize pool tournament. Not to mention, these these players have got to really, really go off and have a great game just to justify that high salary. So those, those are two reasons to stay away from the name quarterbacks in large field tournaments. You're so much better off trying to find a diamond in the rough. And there are three such diamonds in the rough I like this week, Mark. They're all low-priced quarterbacks in the low 5,000s. And those three quarterbacks are Jay Cutler. He's starting to heat up a little bit for Chicago. He's finally healthy on the road against Detroit. His salary this week is only $5,200, and he faces the 26th-ranked pass defense in Detroit. Jay Cutler looks to be a great bargain quarterback, and you may want to stack him with a few of his Chicago Bears teammates. Another guy you might want to look at is uh, Teddy Bridgewater at home uh, for Minnesota Vikings against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is the Chiefs team that's ranked number 31 in the league in pass defense. Teddy Bridgewater at 5,300 could have a very, very sneaky tournament. Uh, finally, a third guy I might submit to you is a guy who was actually pulled in the second half of his game from ineffectiveness last, last week, and that was Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. 
He's going to be starting again this week. He's going to be taking on a Chicago pass defense that uh, you can do very, very well against. So if you're looking for three cheap quarterbacks this week, consider Jay Cutler, Teddy Bridgewater, or Matt Stafford. Sounds like Victor will have a lot of interest in that Chicago Bear-Detroit Lions yep. football game when those two teams go head-to-head. You can read all about Dick Victor's daily fantasy lab selections and his Fab Five picks, like I mentioned before, online at playbook.com. Click on the Daily Fantasy link to check out the Fab Five article from Victor King in his Daily Fantasy Lab articles. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When we come back, Victor and I are going to do our college football game of the week, a dandy inside the Big Ten Conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet. Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence. I'm going against the spread with Victor King from King Creole Sports. It's time for our weekly college football game of the week segment on the show. And, Victor, we're going to go inside the Big Ten Conference with quite a matchup of two ranked football teams when Michigan plays host to Michigan State in a bitter rivalry matchup. Your take, Victor, on the Spartans and the Wolverines. You know, this game's got a lot of bigs attached to it, that is for sure. It's a Big Ten game. we got the Big Brother versus Little Brother. It's being played in the Big House. As of this point, there are 16 undefeated teams right now in college football. One of those teams is the underdog in this game, Michigan State, the Spartans. And uh, in terms of a little bit of a freakout, if you will, this is something I don't think I've ever seen before. A 6-0 team who's lost the point spread in every single game this season, that would be Michigan State. They're 6-0 straight up, but 0-6 against the spread. That is a, a little bit of a freakout in regards to this particular game. The over-under line opened at 41. It's dropped slightly to 40.5 as we speak and as we record the podcast here on Wednesday mornings. In terms of the series history here, it's been pretty low scoring when these two teams do hook up against each other. 1-5 over-under. In the last six meetings, the average over-under line when these two teams play, 49.8. The average score, only 40.3. So the average game has gone under the total by almost 10 full points, 9.5. 
Last year was the only over in the last six seasons, and that game last year only went over the total by one point. The final score was 35-11. to 11. The over-under line was 45 points. So in terms of series history, you got to like the under in this particular game. You also got to like the under based on the fact that each team comes in on a pretty good under season thus far. Of course, Michigan State 2-4 and four over under this season. Average line 56.7 for the Spartans and the average score in their game 52.7. They've gone under by four points per game. When you talk about Michigan, they've got some unbelievable numbers in terms of their defense. One and five over under on the season for Michigan. Average line 45. Average score 35.8. The average Wolverine game has gone under by 9.2 points per game on the season. And after allowing 24 points in that season opener on the road against Utah, the Michigan defense now has allowed 7, 7, 0, 0, and 0. <laughs> They've thrown three shutouts in a row. That is amazing. Number two overall defense in the country, allowing only 181 yards per game. Number one scoring defense in the country, allowing only 6.3 points per game. You, uh, you've got to like the under in this game, Mark. Uh, 40 and a half is the over-under line. And, you know, we talk in the last few years about how the NCAA has transformed into more offense and less defense. If you remember the good old days, uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the mark of a good offense was a team that averaged 400 or more yards per game. I remember talking about it on our podcast, you know, six and seven years ago. That was a good offense in the NCAA. That's not the case this year. Now, a 400-yard-per-game offense is ranked number 71 out of 128 teams. So that's not the case anymore. You've got to be a 450-yard or more or 500-yard offense to be considered a good offense in the NCAA. So we don't have too much here. Despite the fact that Michigan is uh, at, what, 390 yards per game, they're still ranked only number 77 in total offense. And the same for Michigan State. They're averaging 397 yards per game. That used to be a pretty good offensive number. Not anymore. (laughs) That's number 72. So neither, in terms of offense, is anything special. For that reason, we're looking for a low-scoring game, Mark. And if you do like this game under, you're going to probably want to play it because I can see the line going down into the high 30s. But right now, we'll take a look at the under as Michigan takes on Michigan State. Victor sees a lot of defense in this grudge match between Michigan and Michigan State on Saturday. And as Victor also mentioned here, the uniqueness about this game is Michigan State, while they're ranked number four in the polls, number one in an ESPN power rating poll, you also find the fact that they've lost the spread all six times despite the fact they're 6-0. and Victor says it's freaky. It is freaky because it's never happened. In our database, there's been no team that's opened up like Michigan State has this football season. And a little bit of that, I would say, can be attributed to the fact that they've lost their defensive coordinator, Pat Narduzzi, who's now the head coach at Pittsburgh. So they're beginning to find themselves defensively. They're beginning to stabilize themselves a little bit here, but they were a little bit of a loss to begin the football season defensively were the Spartans. The unusual thing about Michigan State coming in here, not only is the fact that they're 6-0 undefeated in a top-five ranked team in the country, but they've also won 19 of their last 20 Big Ten games straight up on the scoreboard, including 10 consecutive Big Ten Conference road wins in a row. 
yet they find themselves the touchdown dog in this football game. And they're the touchdown dog in this game largely because of Jim Harbaugh and the impact that he's had with this Michigan football program. Three consecutive shutout victories in a row coming into this game. And by the way, in our database, if you look at teams who throw three consecutive shutout wins in a row, only five of them have happened since 1980. Those teams have gone 4-0-1 straight up, just 2-2 two and two to the spread, however, in games for teams off three consecutive shutout victories in a row. Jim Harbaugh has also excelled in his career as a college football head coach when he's been favored against opponents off back-to-back wins. He's been there seven times. He's won the money all seven times. The bad news for Michigan, however, if you take a look at them, in competitive Big Ten football games when they've been home favored by single digits, less than 10 points, the last 14 times are only 4-10 and 10 against the spread. Handicapping football games, to me, is all about value and situations. We've got a situation here where you find a Michigan State football team that is not only a rare dog in this football contest here, but you go back and look at the preseason line on this football game that was at Cantor Gaming begin the at the beginning of the football season before any game even played, Michigan State was installed as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this contest. This Saturday, they'll dress up as seven-point underdogs. That's a 12-and-a-half-point swing in a line to a team that's done nothing simply than go 6-0 and this football season here. I think it's a slap in the face for the Michigan State Spartans here. I think all good things come to an end. Three consecutive shutouts in a row will come to an end here for Michigan. I'll play Michigan State plus the points in this bitter rivalry game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week, a dandy inside the AFC conference. And we'll also hop out to Las Vegas, checking with our good friend Andy Isco as we get the Vegas vibe to find out what's going on in Vegas this weekend. When we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends, and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards, and it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week inside the AFC Conference when the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals travel to Buffalo to take down the upstart Bills this weekend. Victor, what do you see inside the Bengals-Bills matchup this week? Over-under line is dropping in this game, Mark. It opened at 45 points. It is coming down. The last time I looked, we were somewhere in the neighborhood of 42 to 42 and a half. That's a full swing or fall of about three points. I'm sure some of that is attributed to the fact that quarterback Tyrod Taylor will probably not play this week for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, It looks like E.J. Manuel is going to get the start for the Bills. With that said, I still like the game over the total. I like the fact that the line's going down. We could get this line down into the 41, 41 and a half point range, and then we'll come in and make a nice play on this game over the total. Again, I do realize the Buffalo offense is struggling, but it looks like Carlos, uh, Carlos Williams, the running back, will be back this week. It looks like Sammy Watkins, Buffalo's all-pro wide receiver, will be back as well. And the offense is kind of stalled under Tyrod Taylor anyway. I'm anxious to see what E.J. Manuel can do for the Buffalo Bills in this game. As far as the Bengals go, heck, man, their offense is legit. This 5-0 team, uh, any team that can put up more than 400 yards against the Seattle Seahawks can basically score on uh, anyone. They're number two in total yards per game. That's Cincinnati at 421. They're number three in scoring in the NFL at 30 points per game. They are uh, active in a nice situation that we mentioned in this week's totals tip sheet for undefeated teams in their sixth game of the season. And the situation is this, 19-3 and over-under for game six undefeated non-division teams like the um, Bengals. And that includes 15-1, and that's 15 overs and only one under, versus any opponent who has a greater than 250 uh, record like the Bills do in this particular game. Not to mention the fact that the Bengals have a week of rest coming up. This has also been a very favorable situation for a high-scoring game with teams who have their bye week the next week. And uh, this has gone 9-1 and over-under since the 2008 season. And it's basically all non-division road favorites who are playing off a win in their last game, like Cincinnati is. Of course, they defeated Seattle last week. And it's before their bye week when the over-under line is greater than 41 points. We also note that NFL favorites who beat the Seahawks in their last game have gone 10-2 and over-under in the last five years. This has been a really high-scoring series as well. The Bills and the um, Bengals, in their last six meetings, the over has gone a perfect 6-0. and Average over-under line 42.6, which is right in line with this week's line. Average combined total 51.0 points per game. Uh, Again, I do know that many of the squares are going to be going under the total in this game based on the fact that uh, the Bills had, what, 209 total yards of offense last week. Uh, They still won 14 to 13, but that actually plays into a nice high-scoring pattern. NFL game six or greater underdogs off a straight-up win in which they scored and allowed 14 or less points, like the Bills. 
These teams have gone eight zero and one over under since two thousand and nine. Uh, I think that the uh, the uh, Joe Public guys out there are going to see Buffalo with only fourteen and ten points scored in their last two games. They're going to be thinking low scoring because of that. Because it's a natural knee-jerk reaction, I don't blame you, but I do think that that train of thought would probably be unwise. In the last four years, non-division home teams who scored 14 or less in each of their last two games have gone 9-1 and over-under when the over-under line range is, is in the area of 42 to 48 particular points. Uh, something I learned from the Playbook newsletter, which I like in regards to this game as well, is the fact that Mark points out that the Cincinnati Bengals and their defense have allowed season-high yards in each of their last two wins over Seattle and Kansas City. So you can score on this Cincinnati uh, team, and I think Buffalo will do that at home. So let's let that over-underline fall down even further before we jump in there and make a nice play on Cincinnati and Buffalo over the total, Mark. Sounds like Victor's excited. He likes this game to go over the total, the Bengals and the Bills on Sunday for his side in this football game. Cincinnati enters the game 5-0 and to start the football season for the first time ever in their football franchise history. They can also come into the football game, as Victor mentioned, having allowed season-high yards their last two games in the contest. Cincinnati just one and four to the spread when they take to the road off back-to-back home games. And in fact, when they're in a non-division road game off a home game, they're just one and five to the spread. On the flip side, it's been confirmed that Tyrod Taylor will not play in this football game. E.J. Manuel will be the starting quarterback. Taylor is out with an MCL injury. That's why they signed Josh Freeman, if you can believe it. I think he's with the sixth team inside of seven weeks in the National (laughs) Football League. (laughs) But anyway, nonetheless, it will be E.J. Manuel behind center for the Buffalo Bills this week. And I rather like that. I like when a starting quarterback goes out and a team reunites or rallies around a backup quarterback in an effort to uh, to win that football game and keep the team's chin up off the mat. E.J. Manuel is a former starting quarterback with the Buffalo Bills, so he knows the system like the back of his hand. The Bills 10 and 2, both straight up and against the spread, the last 12 games inside this series. And I also like the fact that they rallied when they were down double digits against Tennessee last week to bring home the victory. If you like trends, you like the fact that Buffalo is 5 and 0 at home against the spread the last five games, and they've hosted a team out of the AFC North. And I think the deciding factor in this contest for me is a point that Victor touched on in making his case for the over total is teams that are favored in games after taking on the Seattle Seahawks. This is an article that I wrote in the USA Today Sports Weekly about how poor teams perform after taking on Pete Carroll's suffering, suffocating defense at Seattle when you come favored in games after Seattle. This happened in this football instance 37 times in the National Football League, only 10 times of those teams covered the spread when they're favored in games after taking in the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, all good things come to an end. I think it does for the Cincinnati Bengals this week. I'll play Buffalo plus the points as they hand the Bengals their first loss of the football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. It's time now to hop out to Las Vegas, check with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com to find out what's going on in Sin City this weekend. Andy, how's everything going for you in Las Vegas these days? 
Going wonderful. We're approaching the middle part of the seasons, and uh, as a result, we have some interesting challenges ahead of us. I heard you just talking about one with the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, one of several games that presents some interesting handicapping challenges this week. And we're going to get to those in just a moment with Andy Isco here from the TheLogicalApproach.com. We'll talk about some of those line moves where they were precipitated either by sharp players or injuries, one or the other, but we'll get a quick review of those. Meanwhile, Andy, before we get over to those, on the Super book side of the ledger in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm just wondering here, I know that uh, you've got a record amount of entries in the contest this year, and with that comes a lot of good results uh, early on out of the gate. And I remember last year when C.H. Baller set a record in the contest last year, and they got out to this fabulous start. Uh, what are you seeing on the leaderboard here thus far in the Superbook contest this year? Is the leaders anywhere near what C.H. Baller's was last year, and how's it shaking out so far? I'm trying to recall. Actually, I believe C.H. Ballers was not the leaders early in the season. There were some other groups that had some tremendous records. Now, uh, one group uh, this year, or one entry this year, was 18-2 and two after four weeks. Uh, the leaders after five weeks, 21-4, and four, which is 84%. And in fact, uh, they pay the top 50 places in the contest. If you are in 50th place right now, you are tied with uh, 18 uh, people, or in a group of 18, that are hitting seven. 72%. That's 18 and 7. Uh, a total of 61 entries overall are uh, hitting at the 72% or better. This will thin out over the course of the season. But, you know, here we are. We're basically uh, a third of the way into the season, and we still have some outstanding records at the top of the contest. You mentioned 21 and 4, Andy. How many, how many entries are at that 24, 1 and 4 level, or is there only one? There are two entries at 21 and 4. There are four entries at 24 and 1, which is 20 and a half points, and another four entries at 20 and 5. So a total of 10 entries thus far hitting 80%. Sounds like a, another good start in the Super Book contest. And uh, I mentioned, uh, we mentioned last week about how well the consensus has done in the Super Book contest thus far this football season. Did it hold up last week, or was it overall a down week for the contest? It's actually a pretty flat week for the consensus. There are a couple of games worth noting that I'll get to in a moment. The consensus last week was 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. They had winners with the Cardinals and the Patriots. They had losers with the uh, Texans and the, uh, uh, the Giants. And uh, the game that pushed was that Cincinnati-Seattle game. Two games worth uh, noting. The Cardinals may have had the highest number of selections of any team in the history of the contest, and that would make sense for the record entry this year. They played the Lions, 710 contestants, about 40% of the field were on the Cardinals, 145 were on the Lions. But the most interesting contest was the one that took place last Thursday night between the Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. The contest line, which came out on Wednesday afternoon, about 24 hours prior to kickoff, had the Houston Texans a one-point favorite. Uh, that was with the expectation that Andrew Luck was still extremely iffy. When news came out, Thursday morning that he was not going to play. The line on the board shot up to the uh, uh, the Houston Texans about a four-and-a-half to a five-point favorite. So there were still a number of people who played the contest. 427 people took the value and laid the one with the Houston Texans. Just 18 people. That's 18 out of 1,727 took the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, we all know what happened. The Colts won the game 27-20. That was a net differential of 400 409 people who went for the value last week, 409 people lost the game in the standings as a result. 
those players known to be advantaged players in the com- inside the contest here, and they'll oftentimes take advantage of what become either soft or irregular lines based largely on late injury information. And that happened to be the case with the Houston Texans last week. And the Texans went down in a ball of flames, if you will, when they failed to beat the Indianapolis Colts in the Superbook contest last week. And talking about those lines, Andy, I know Jay Cornegay sends out early advance lines every week on the Superbook contest one week or not almost one week in advance, I should say. Any value that you saw on the lines here thus far that you would anticipate there might be some value players searching out this week? Yeah, by the way, I just wanted to step back for one more moment and talk sure. about the Texans and Colts. There were actually two games earlier this year that presented similar situations with huge values. Both of those contests, the advantage players, were on the right side. So if you want to mark it down as advantage player moves this year in the contest, two and one thus far with the uh, one loser coming last week. As far as the uh, significant line moves or noticeable line moves from what we saw a week ago before the week five games were played, the Denver Broncos were a five and a half point road favorite at Cleveland. Of course, Denver uh, took care of their business, not in the exciting fashion at Oakland, and Cleveland put forth a great effort in pulling the upset at Baltimore one week after nearly beating San Diego on the road when the Lions came out Sunday evening. Instead of a a five-and-a-half point road favorite, Denver was down to a a four-and-a-half road favorite. Not a significant move because uh, the number five is not that key, but still noteworthy as well. The Houston Texans opened as a a two-and-a-half or a two-and-a-half point road favorite at Jacksonville prior to last week's action when the Lions came out following the games that the, both Houston and Jacksonville played this way. Houston, of course, losing at home to the Colts. Jacksonville, a game effort and losing at Tampa Bay. The game came out a pick However, the early move this week has made Houston now a one-and-a-half point road favorite. Still not quite at the two-and-a-half where they were when the Lions were out last week. The uh, third game, worth noting, the uh, uh, the uh, New York Jets were a six-point home favorite. They opened a five-and-a-half-point home favorite following uh, the Jets having a bye and Washington having their game uh, last week where they uh – uh, they, they were unable to uh, to capitalize on some advantageous opportunities in Atlanta. So those were the uh, the significant moves. Maybe one more worth noting because it does involve a key number. That's the Seattle Seahawks. They were seven and a half point home favorites against Carolina uh, last week. Of course, Seattle had that uh, 17 point lead in the second half at Cincinnati, a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. They ended up losing in overtime when the revised lines came out Sunday evening. Instead of a seven and a half point road favorite, the line opened at five and a half, meaning it went back below the key number of seven, a similar key number of six. However, the movement this week has moved that line from five and a half back up to currently the Seattle Seahawks, a seven-point home favorite over the Carolina Panthers, who were on a bye last week. A lot of movement in the National Football League lines this week, as expected, as we're nearing the midway part portion of the football season. And Victor, I know you got a question you'd like to run by Andy on the show as well. Absolutely. I wanted to get Andy's impression on how the uh, Sunday night and Monday night games went. We're talking down to the wire, nail biting. You know, both those games came down to the last 20 seconds. The Giants scored a touchdown with 20 seconds to go to beat the Niners. The Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, scored on the last play of the game. So my two-point, uh, two-part question to Andy is, Andy, what is the atmosphere like at some of the Vegas sports books during a last-second type win like that? And I also want to find out, I'm assuming it was probably a very good result for the books in general with both dogs covering and one dog winning outright. 
Well, if you uh, watch uh, games at your local uh, watering hole establishment, uh, let's say sports bars in your area, multiply the excitement at the end of that game by about 50, because that's what it is at basically every sports book in Las Vegas, especially in the final minutes where you have uh, literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars changing hands based upon those final scoring plays. Of course, it was a little bit different in the giant San Francisco game where the money line came into play because the 49ers had that game covered uh, really throughout the fourth quarter. And of course, it was that late Giants touchdown that turned a 27-23 deficit in which San Francisco was already covering it to a 30-27 Giants win. So money line backers of San Francisco were none too pleased. In the San Diego-Pittsburgh Monday night game, uh, again, that game was a push with a uh, Pittsburgh uh, lead of three going into that uh, final drive. And Pittsburgh winning uh, did create a good situation for the books because that line, which had been three most of the week, edged up over the weekend to three and a half and closed at many sports books with San Diego a four-point favorite. So Pittsburgh was in good shape uh, as far as covering that late line anyway. When they won the game as well, the money line changed. And so San Diego, which has been a popular money line play really throughout the week, the underdog uh, money line players cash. And keep in mind that when you have these isolated games on Sunday and Monday night, especially in the case of the Monday night game where the underdog wins, you kill an awful lot of parlays who are tied into the Monday night favorite. A lot of good information coming from Andy Isco, the savvy veteran Las Vegas handicapper. We're checking in with Andy for our Vegas vibe to find out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas this week. Andy publishes the Logical Approach newsletter and also has his own Logical Approach service. You can reach out to Andy. Uh, Andy, if you would pass your email address along to our listeners out there if they want to reach and get in touch with you about your services or your newsletter, if you would. Sure. The uh, the email address is logical7, that's L-O-G-I-C-A-L, the number 7, at cox.net. That's C-O-X dot net. Andy Isco from thelogicalapproach.com. And also, by the way, just a quick note that the, the Playbook Superstore is finally up in full operation. You can also download Andy's Logical Approach newsletter at the superstore.com site every week. And Andy, before I let you go, I know you want to head out to Vegas and check out all the movement and what's going on in town here as we get ready for another hectic weekend. Your complimentary play for our listeners out there, if you would. Well, last week we used the under in the Northwestern Michigan game, and uh, 35 was the total. Actually, got bet up a little bit late in the week. It ended at 38, and that's despite the fact that we had a kickoff return to start the game and an interception return during the game. So that accounted for 14 of the 38 points. So fundamentally, the play was solid. But this is football; unusual things happen. But if you back the fundamentals and the games play out the way they they figure to most of the time, you're going to be on the right side. And I'm going to go back to using Michigan in a game this week as they play rival Michigan State, but I'm going to look at the underdog in this place, in this game. Michigan opened about a seven, seven and a half point favorite. I've seen it as high as eight. Don't quite know if we're going to see the similar line move that we saw last week where they closed as high as a ten point favorite against Northwestern. This is a rivalry. Now, coming into the season, one of the things I liked about Jim Harbaugh coming in to take over Michigan was that Michigan had an outstanding defense last year that got overlooked because of all the issues they had at quarterback and on offense. Well, thus far, this 
this year. They've had outstanding defense. They've played three straight shutout games, and but for a late UNLV score in the fourth game back, they could be working on a streak of four straight shutouts. However, when you look closer at the numbers, take a look at the teams that they've played in acquiring these outstanding defensive stats. They've played six games thus far. I like to use yards per play defense as a measure of defensive efficiency and strength. The best team they've played offensively this year has been in their opener, Utah, which ranks number 70 in, off, in, uh, excuse me, in offensive yards per play uh, that uh, the opponent has in this case. Uh, and uh, Utah was the team that beat Michigan to start the season. Their other foes rank offensively yards per play from number 87 UNLV to number 118 Northwestern, including Oregon State at 115, BYU at 89, and Maryland at 100. Now, Michigan State is no strong offensive team, but they will bring the best offense that Michigan will have yet seen this year into this contest. Michigan State ranks number 48 in offensive yards per play. So I'm going to expect the Michigan defense to face its first test of the year, a rivalry game. Michigan State has dominated the series the last couple of years. Harbaugh's going to have an opportunity to turn that around. They may, they may very well get the win this week, but I'm going to look for this to be about a four-point game, and I'm taking the points with Michigan State. Very impressive. You can see the kind of work Andy Isco does tearing down the yards per point aspect of handicapping these football games, citing the fact that Michigan's taken on a lot of lightweights in getting the job done thus far this football season. He'll take Michigan State plus the points as we did in our college football game of the week segment on the show. We'll see how this all shakes out by the time the final dust settles on the Saturday college football card. Andy, a great job once again on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week on the show as well. You too, guys. Have a great weekend. That was Andy Isco joining us with our Vegas Vibe from Las Vegas. A great job once again on the show from Andy Isco. You can check out Andy at thelogicalapproach.com, or you can download his newsletter and the playbooksuperstore.com site where you can download Andy Isco's newsletter and the newsletters of all the leading publishing news football newsletters in the nation, all available at the Superstore, playbooksuperstore.com website. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. Victor and I will share our final complimentary plays and our awesome angle of the week when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. 
Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome Angle of the Week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome Angle of the Week on the show this week being brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the only sports book that I recommend. I encourage you to go online at MyBookie.ag to open up your account and pick up all the extra added bonuses by simply mentioning Playbook at MyBookie.ag. Our awesome Angle of the Week on the show this week, we call it Deep Six. And what we look to do is to play against any college football team that's in off a win in which they scored six or fewer points in the victory. This doesn't happen all that often. In fact, you go back to 1980, there's only been 26 occurrences of teams that won a football game by scoring six or less points. In the rebound game, the game thereafter, these football teams are just 8-18 eight and 18 to the spread. We're going to play against the 8-18 and 18 Wake Forest Demon Deacons Make our play on North Carolina as we fade Wake Forest for our deep six awesome angle of the week on the show this week. And Victor, I know our listeners out there would like to know your complimentary play on the football show this week and what you've got on tap at the Red Hot King Creole Sports this weekend as well. Absolutely, Mark. Totals tip sheet, issue number six, currently up at the playbook.com website, as is our over-under selection in the Thursday night NFL game between the Saints and the Falcons. We've got a four-star over of the week going in college football. That game will be going in the early kickoffs at 12 noon Eastern on Saturday. And that'll be up at the playbook.com website uh, sometime on Friday as well. And for our free play, we're going to be going under the total in the NFL. And it's going to be in the game between the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks. You know, Mark touched on suffocating defenses And that's Seattle in a nutshell, particularly at home. You know, since November of last season, Seattle regular season home games have seen combined point totals of only 22, 24, 26, 26, and 23 points. That's an average of only 24.2 points per game and naturally a perfect 0-5 over under record. The over-under line opened at 41.5 in this game against Carolina. It's down to 41. I see even a couple of 40.5s. So there is some money coming in on the under in this game. And it's a series that's been very low scoring over the last few years. The last three meetings in this Seattle-Carolina series have all three gone under the total with an average of only 23.0 points per game. Uh, Next up for the Seahawks is a Thursday division game against San Francisco. This went 0-6 over-under last season. It's already gone 1-3 over-under this year. That makes it 1-9 over-under. And it's basically home favorites, more than a point, before playing a Thursday division road game when the over-under line is 48 or less points. And when these two divisions 
hook up against each other and they're playing out West, we always expect a low scoring outcome. NFC West division home teams against NFC South division opponents. When the game line is 14 or less and the over under line is less than 49, these games have gone a perfect 0 and 6 over under in the last three seasons. Of course, Carolina comes in as one of the NFL's only six unbeaten teams thus far for the Panthers. Game four or greater undefeated underdogs of four or more points have gone 0-7 over-under since the 2002 season. And Carolina also comes in off their bye week. And I always look to go low in most situations for teams playing with rest. Uh, Their most recent game was a... 37-23 road win over Tampa two weeks ago. Uh, 0-6 over under last five years. NFL teams after their bye week and a division over in their last game that applies to the Panthers. We're going under in the Panthers-Seahawks game is our free play of the week, Mark. Victor King goes under the total in the Carolina-Seattle football game. Victor and Speedy, the top dog at the Dog Pound Hotline, both like the under in the Panthers-Seahawks game for Victor's complimentary play on the show this week. And once again, a reminder, you can pick up all of Victor King's selection plays online at playbook.com this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this weekend, I want to remind our listeners out there that another $99 football weekend of winners is on tap from our red-hot late-bone football service. When I say red-hot, I couldn't underestimate it anymore, given the fact that we went 5-0 and last week on our weekend of winners Nine and one the last two weeks. This week included will be all of my college and NFL selection plays, including our college football perfect system play of the year. Just $99 gets it all for our $99 football weekend of winners. All you need to do is log on to the website at playbook.com, go to the suit, the store to sign up or give our office a call toll free at 1-800-321-7777 to get on board for another $99 football weekend of winners. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football show this week in college football, I'm going to play the Tulsa Hurricane, the Golden Hurricane, taking double digits against East Carolina in a big conference football showdown matchup this weekend. This is a Tulsa football team that has an totally new entire look to it. Their new head coach, Phil Montgomery, was the former offensive coordinator at Baylor, and Baylor equates to points, and Baylor equates to yards is doing the same thing for Tulsa this football season. This team is averaging 568 yards a contest. They put up over 600 yards in three of their football games, and they also just happen to be playing with 17-point home loss revenge from their final game of the football season last weekend. East Carolina comes into the contest Having gone just 2-8 and eight to the spread the last 10 times they've dressed up as favorites, they'll be a homecoming favorite this weekend. And you know, if you read the Playbook newsletter, our distaste for homecoming favorites in the world of college football, those teams end up being a little bit distracted by all the ongoings of what's going on on the campus at homecoming football games, and it takes away from their play on the playing field. We also like the fact that East Carolina has a revenge game on deck with undefeated Temple next week. Temple might be getting a little bit more of their concentrated effort than are the Hurricane this week. That'll be a mistake. I'll play Tulsa plus the points against East Carolina for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread for our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. Until next week, 
This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.